Welcome to episode 89 of Tim Talk, the podcast about the DC animated universe co-created by Bruce Tim. I'm Chris Lord. I'm Cameron Dexter. And more Batman Beyond this week. We did it. We uh, did two episodes of Batman Beyond. <laughs> Look how much we're about to take a six-month break. <laughs> yeah, we're just going to take a long hiatus. Yep, we're going to um, talk about everything else. It's mostly going to be a political podcast from this Great. point on. Still the same you know, name. That's my favorite thing to talk yeah. about. <laughs> um, Let's just turn it into like a, like a Tim Curry podcast. You know what? That's not a terrible idea. Well, actually, hang on. We have, it's Tim with two M's, so it'd have to be like Tim and someone whose last name starts with M. Like Tim Minchin. We can do an episode, a podcast all about sure, the, great, sure. the great musical stylings of Tim Minchin. Perfect. Yeah. We could spend so much time talking about his uh, guest appearances on Californication in season six. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> For fans who don't understand uh, Californication and Chris, when we first met, you either had just finished it or you were still in that world. No, I just loved it that much. You were plugging it so hard on every single person in improv. Have you you seen Californication? Have you seen it? I have now because you would talk about it constantly. Wait, did you actually watch it? I watched the first season. Oh, okay. You got to watch through four. You can skip five, six, and seven. Okay. (laughs) I'm not going to go back. Yeah, so we'll do it. It'll be a Tim mentioned podcast. Perfect. Um, but yeah, we uh, we're talking about Ink and I guess Willie Watts slash Golem this week. But mm-hmm. first off, do we have news? We have some news. news? Uh, I guess the big news we had we just missed it last week because it came yes. out the day the podcast came out. Uh, we have our first uh, our first uh, LGBT actors playing a superhero. Yes. Which is crazy. Yeah, I know. We got Ruby Rose playing Batwoman mm-hmm. on the uh, on the Arrowverse slash her spin-off show. I was going to ask if it was her, if it was in her own show. I yeah, they've confirmed that. that she will be getting her own show. So okay. she'll start out kind of like they did with The Flash. They'll do like a, in Legends, they'll do like a soft intro. Mm-hmm. In Arrow, I think in the big crossover this year, which I think will take place in Gotham. I think is what I've heard. And then we'll cool. pick up yeah, I mean, so there's so many questions to ask in terms of how fleshed out the world of Gotham itself will be. Will um, Maggie Sawyer, who I know they introduced in Supergirl, be making an appearance in Batwoman because they have a history together? Well, it's so different many, universes. Different universes, but that yeah, there, yeah, yeah, there yeah. could be a version of Maggie in mm-hmm. that. Or maybe she's like gets teleported through. Maybe they write her into some weird, like, let's shoot her through it's a, a clone let's shoot her through a wormhole and she'll be uh in the batwoman universe but i was super excited for this actually yeah, i mean it's super cool we've both seen john wick too ruby rose is awesome in that yeah i was i was honestly surprised when i saw it because she's like like a pretty big name movie star yeah i was actually kind of surprised too like it it does it's not a step down obviously because she'll be starring in a tv show which is is mm-hmm. absolutely huge yeah but yeah i mean i Oh, I'm sorry. Let's also not forget her her amazing role in Triple X. I was going to say I haven't seen Triple X three, so I can't speak to her amazingness in that. Mm-hmm. Quadru- not quadruple. X X nine. Oh, was she like the ninth? Wasn't that whole thing in that movie? Where, like they're all triple X's. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking a. Yeah, that was it. Uh, I don't uh, want to get into it, but <laughs> no, there no. was there was a, a great interview with her on Fallon. Yes, I watched that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, where he he explained it just perfectly in the first sentence of "You're set for life now." Yeah, she will be Batwoman <laughs> for the rest of her life. I know, and that's that's something I never thought about. Yeah, but like, yeah, that is her entire life from this point on, and it's kind of like scary to think about. I mean, it's a lot. I mean, it's a daunting thing. You you hear a lot of 
these actors when they're considering this stuff, like Chris Evans talked about a little bit. He went kind of back and forth and like, do I really want to do this? Do mm-hmm. I want to be that guy forever? Yeah. And it's a lot to take on. But I mean, I'm, I'm really glad she took it on. I mean, I'm glad that it's, you know, uh, an LGBT character played by an LGBT actress who is both an out lesbian. And I, I think she identifies like genderqueer and androgynous. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. But the whole point is like, if anyone who's read the Batman comic or the Batwoman comics, which I have read like kind of the definitive run on it. Perfect casting. Yeah. Great character. Great casting for it. I'm super excited for this. Mm-hmm. But the fucking internet, Cameron. What's the internet saying, Chris? I haven't, haven't had much chance to apparently to on the internet this week. And this this is baffling to my goddamn brain. But apparently there was some backlash from the LGBT community that they there was a they didn't think she was out. And so as a result, they're like, oh, oh well, she, she's not confirmed you. out, which she is. She shouldn't be playing this character. I was like, are you? And so it was this whole uproar, and she at least temporarily has like deleted her Twitter and was like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. I mean, we know the internet will never be happy with anything. I know. It's like, how can you, like, it's, there's so many good things it's about progress. this. It's progress. Stop about progress. It's so much progress. It's so mm-hmm. much more representation and representation by the actual people it's trying to represent. Yeah. Can we just be fucking happy? Well, because how, <laughs> how does the community feel about um, uh, Kathy... Oh my god, I, I forgot every character in the Arrowverse. Um, oh, um, the sister, Laurel's sister, Sarah, Sarah, Sarah Lance, Katie. Yes. No, Katie Cassidy is yeah, that's her name. Yeah, but is is she? I think she's actually Katie Cassidy is Laurel, not the sister, right? I don't remember. I'm talking about Sarah. Yeah, Sarah. I don't. Yeah, I don't. She plays. Know. She plays either bi or lesbian in the she's show. She's bi. I think she's okay. bi-leaning lesbian. I haven't watched Legends since season one, even though I heard it got a lot better, but I just, I couldn't. Well, I just, I just watched the crossover, and I remember, spoiler, but not really, she hooks up with Supergirl's sister. And that's, oh. like, that's like a subplot. It's like, oh, well, like, I've never done this. I've never done a hookup before. What are the rules? Should I call her? And, like, while this is going on, there's, like, a supervillain on the other side of the city. Yeah. And it's, like, can you, like, focus on... <laughs> on taking out that guy? Yeah. And uh, there's, like, the cute, awkward scene where they're all fighting the villain and they, like, bump into each other. And they're, like, Aww. you haven't called. It's like, what was I supposed to call? It's like, I don't know. I don't know how this works. It's adorable. Yeah. It's so adorable. I don't... I mean, I don't know how people <clears throat> feel about... I mean, I've generally... I haven't heard any negative things about that character. Mm-hmm. So I think they're all good. I just don't... Why do people have this suck, Cameron? I don't know. Like, I don't know. The internet is such a, a fickle place where no one's happy ever. No. Nope. And that's the end of the story. And then they make us unhappy. Right. And we rant about it. To make other people medium. unhappy. Yeah. <laughs> and they make other people unhappy. All I can say is I'm happy that uh, the fans we have, both in terms of liking the podcast itself, but also just the general fan base of the DCU. Seems to be comprised mostly of really lovely people. That's good. We haven't dealt with any assholes from it yet. Mm-hmm. Does that mean we're the assholes? Yes. Oh, shit. Yeah. Should have known. <laughs> always. We're always the assholes. That's true. We're always the assholes. Um, but yeah, I'm super excited. Do we have a, a date? Not really. I mean, I think the crossover is going to be happening probably sometime in the late fall, winter. Mm-hmm. I think it's usually, I feel like it's usually it. late October, early November. Yeah, I think somewhere around there. So I mean, I'll probably end up watching it just because... I love Batwoman as a character. I want to see how they introduce her. And then I might watch the show. It depends on how difficult CW makes it for me to watch their shit. I forget. Mm-hmm. Mm. But yeah, super excited for that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Do you have any other news? I have nothing else. I have some news. <gasps> what do you have? Uh, so we got a new mini. We got a photo first, and we got a, a teaser clip from Wreck-It Ralph 2 okay. this week. Ralph Breaks the Internet. Isn't it now just called Ralph Breaks the Internet? Yes. Okay. Uh, but uh, it's confirmed that Gal Gadot is going to be in the movie. Love it. Uh, basically reprising her role from Fast and Furious. Also love it. Now just an animated form. Love it even more. Which is great. Like you see the character. She's a she's a racer. Okay. Uh, in like the in the same like leather outfit with the same like sexy suave. I'm going with that. Yeah. Uh, what um what was her character name in Fast and the Furious? I, I don't remember. How dare you? You're the Fast and the Furious fan here. Yeah, fan, not expert. <laughs> Lovers, not experts. Yes. Um, she's she's been dead for three movies now, Chris. Um, well. Dead in that universe. We don't know what that means. That's true. Anyone can come back to this. She point. could. Well, st- I mean, okay. if, not anyone. She could still be falling, for all we know, for as long as that runway was. That's. It wouldn't be surprising so if she just like was falling down a cliff for three movies. Okay. Yeah, I'm looking at her. All right. I like the look. Mm-hmm. Seems pretty cool. She got a sweet leather jacket look going on. Yep. Uh, so she's in like a like a Need for Speed style racing game. It looks like not the I, it looks Mario like Kart it, yeah. style that we saw in. Uh, mm-hmm. The first one. All on board. She looks great. Yeah, I'm so curious about what this movie is going to be like. Because I've only seen, you know, two or three clips. And they're really pushing. I, I don't know if this was a... So before this moment, we got a photo of Vanellope with all the princesses again. Yes, And love they're it. like sleepwear. And their pajamas. <laughs> okay. Uh, and, you know, all the Disney nerds were freaking out. Was and Sleeping Beauty's pajamas just a normal dress that she sleeps in all the time? I don't think she was in the photo. I don't okay. remember. That'd be oh, a no, very... no. She, she was just in like a half red, half blue, or half pink, half oh, blue. Oh, okay. So that'd be a very, very clever little bit if they did that. Yeah. Uh, just, I guess same for Snow White. Huh. Well, Snow White had the, the poison apple tank top. It's um, fantastic. Yeah. And then like everyone was freaking out because uh, Elsa was in a, a, a pullover that said, just let it go. And you know that, like, I, I saw that, and I'm like, fuck you. This is going to be everywhere at Disneyland. Oh, my God. When yes, the it is. Out. <clears throat> uh, but we got that photo. And it just makes me wonder, like, how big a part the princesses are going to be in the movie. Because I feel like it's just going to be a few minute scenes. But they're really pushing a lot of the advertising towards that. I mean, that's that's fine. Yeah. Why not push it there? Like, it it's got us excited for it. It's got the whole community excited for it. Yeah, I but think I, it's... Why not push it? I mean, because, mm-hmm. yeah, there's probably so much more to it than just that, but it's like, whatever. Well, there's a whole character that's being introduced that I remember them talking about at D23 last year, uh, one of which we haven't met yet. Sorry, two characters. One of which we haven't met yet, and the other one talks to Ralph. She's the uh, the character at the end of the first trailer, where they're like, shouldn't it be Ralph Rex the internet? Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, she's supposed to be a major character in this movie. And, like, I don't think they've even said her name yet. Hmm. Um, I mean... I mean, we, I'm, also, I'm, ex- I'm also excited about that because I do, like, not knowing... Not knowing things. And we have a, mm-hmm. quite a bit of time before they're going to start pushing this a lot. Yeah. They have a lot of movies between now and then before they start really pushing this well, one. Well, it's in November. Yeah, no. What else? Disney is coming up between now and then. I should don't know if something. I don't think I just assumed they had a lot between now. I don't think anything. I think Ralph is the start of it because I think it goes Ralph and then it's the Nutcracker, and then it's Mary Poppins. (gasps) So excited for Mary Poppins! And I I guess Christopher Robin did just come out, so that's what they've been targeting most of. Yeah, mostly two. Um, 
When is Nutcracker? Nutcracker is December. Okay, yeah, so it is Ralph, Nutcracker, Mary Poppins. Um, oh, so, okay. There you go, I Captain guess. Captain Marvel. <gasps> Captain Marvel! Yeah. Um, I, I give up trying to... Wait, no, hang on. I agree to Digital Spy, whatever the hell you want. Oh, yes, it is. <laughs> it is next. Ralph Breaks yeah. the Internet. Well, I stand corrected. Yeah, because it's always Thanksgiving weekend. Christopher Robin, Ralph Breaks the Internet. I've, have I, I've talked about Disney's amazingly punctual movie schedule. Right? Have I talked about that on the podcast before? Like, punctual is in their consistent year to year. It's like what property comes out at what time of year? Yes. So, it's like the animated film always comes out over Thanksgiving? Since, oh, I think since, what was it? 19, late 70s. Mm-hmm. I don't remember which movie it was. But since the mid to late 70s, they have had a movie come out the exact same day every year. Since that, since then, like the date or like the Friday of Thanksgiving or whatever. The it's either it's one of two, and now it's both. Okay. Because if, once Pixar came in, it, it was now both. Mm-hmm. So it's always the third week of May. Okay. The third Friday of May, and then the third Friday of November. That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. I love it. And you can like I I went back and looked at every single date just to check. And it is to a T. You can set your calendar so they're really schedule. <laughs> you can. And that's crazy. That is pretty nuts. Actually. I remember when I was working on core memory stuff, we were trying to find like when we should promote movies, like if like if we should make a shirt for yeah. a movie uh, anniversary. And I'm like, wow, they're all like the a same. few days apart from each other. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, it's because it's the exact same day every year. Consistency, Cameron. Yeah. Consistency is key. That's how they that's how they win everything. And now, oh, I guess we can talk about Oscar stuff. What about Oscar stuff? Oh, oh right. That the the that, new Disney wants an award category. Uh right, yes. So good news is they're gonna shorten down the telecast to a tight three hours by doing some technical categories during commercial breaks, like mm-hmm. airing the highlights at the end. The I'm not gonna call it bad news. The Bafflingly stupid news mm-hmm. is the achievement in pop. popularity mm-hmm. in pop movie. Yes. So I don't know what the hell that means. No one does. They didn't elaborate on what it means. They just announced that it exists. Mm-hmm. It, uh, it's the dumbest thing. Yeah. Because I it's. I don't know anyone who thought this was a good idea. When I heard about uh, it. The people at the MTV Movie Awards, because they have that category. And the people at the Teen Choice Awards, because like, they have that category. Well, that makes sense for, for MTV. For yes. those awards shows. But it's like, this is such a weird attempt for the Oscars to become relevant again. Mm-hmm. It's like, if you want to be relevant, make sure that your voting body is representative of modern right. industry people. Which I think they're getting better about doing. Make sure it's mm-hmm. more diverse, which they're getting better about. But also, don't just nominate more Oscar-bation films to fill up that category. Like, take some interesting risks. Mm-hmm. Like, do something weird. Vote for, like, nominate Black Panther for well, Best that, Picture. That's actually what everyone's upset about with the category, is they feel like, because cause everyone wants Black Panther to at least be nominated. Yeah. Like, it won't win, but having the nomination would be awesome. It'd be fantastic. Um, and so they're like, this is the Oscars' attempt to continue to snub yeah, good films like that because it's, the last time they talked about it was um, Dark Knight. Yeah, so the the Dark Knight and Wally were two films that really mm-hmm. pushed for the expansion of the Best Picture category because a lot of people thought both of those should have been nominated. Yeah, and the excuse is like, well, the category is so small, so they're 
the reasoning is, oh, we'll just make it go wider. And then all they did was just stuff more of the films that would normally get nominated right. in that category. And the weird thing is, too, is they don't actually always nominate 10 films. Yeah. So, like, sometimes it's eight. So yeah. Like, well, I why didn't you I don't just know what year they have nominated all 10? Yeah. So, like, why didn't you just take those last two slots that are basically just throwaways and yeah. just nominate some, and I, I don't know where's how, our boss baby nomination um, oh no didn't it already get nominated it was nominated for best animated yeah oh right but i i don't know exactly how the nomination process works right like i know that for i think it's for nominations for in all the technical categories it's the actual technical group that puts up the nominations, like mm-hmm. all the cinematographers vote for cinematographer, et cetera, et cetera. And then everyone votes for nominees for best picture, but I don't know how they, what their cutoff point is. Like what, here's what, what I the hope threshold is. Here's, here's how I, how I hope it goes before I, in the pre-show of the Oscars, mm-hmm. they're going to have someone on the streets of Hollywood and just talk to 10 random people. It's Billy Eichner. Yeah. Just talk to 10 random people. And like, Hey, what was your favorite movie this year? Yeah. And those 10 people in the spur of the moment, make the category. <laughs> And then they do like uh, they do like the the arm thing where it's the like oh like the make applause the mo- meter yeah the applause yeah. meter you're gonna have someone on stage making the stupid arm applause meter like okay if you liked Black Panther the most start cheering I think that's about as sophisticated <laughs> as it gets that would be unbelievable if I, that's I, how I they decided how Oscars they, I think that's how they should decide best picture in the room yeah. Yeah, that's how they do it. It's like, all right, all the rest of them are voted on, but this is how we're doing from now on. We're going to get the good old patented plaza meter out here. (laughs) The foolproof of plaza meter. It's just going to be Andy Samberg standing on stage going, whoa, look at my (laughs) arms. It would be Andy Samberg. (laughs) I feel like we should start running this Oscar thing. I think we have a lot of great ideas we can push to them. Yeah. Yeah. I think we can solve all of this, guys. Mm -hmm. We're going to step in there, finish it all up. Yeah. Do a stellar job. Basically just have Neil Patrick Harris host... Yeah. Until he dies. Yeah. Everything. Or or Hugh Jackman. Yeah, Hugh Jackman is also great. You know what? Paddington Bear. We're gonna have him. <laughs> you know who I actually after oh, watching after watching my plug this week, you know who I want to see just try to host an award show? Ewan McGregor. Ewan McGregor. He is amazing. Because he's so talented. He is very talented. He's so he's charming. So charming. If it was him and Hugh Jackman, I oh. want to see them do a duet together. Oh my god, like the most charming combination on stage Wouldn't they be? can we have like hugh grant just like parachute in <laughs> wait no no i've got it cameron i've got it what is it the hughes yes the hugh 52s yes hugh grant hugh jackman give it to them mm-hmm. yeah um who's the uh house md hugh laurie hugh laurie there Thank we go you. Yes. <laughs> all the hughes yep um hugh bonneville i don't know who that one is you, you passed me he's um the, the dad in paddington okay but yes <laughs> also just crazy crazy charming mm-hmm. fun if we look up hugh and imdb did, we, mean, did we hit the first four i think i think sure we, we hit, got the first four we with top four we might i'm trying to think of another any other hughes but i swear you just you just they could even the whole opening bit could be uh, like oh calling Hugh to the stage and like each one of them starts walking up there they bump each other like oh wait I, you're hosting I thought I was hosting oh you what you're hosting what it'd be great it would be amazing yeah Hugh Dancy oh yes Hugh Dancy he's um I think he was in he Hannibal Hannibal the yeah, TV yeah, show yeah. yeah 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 I don't know him well enough though I don't know if he's actually charming 
He looks charming. He looks okay. very British. Fuck, let's throw him in there. Let's, yeah, have, let's have him be a guest cameo. Oh, he is British. Okay. Yeah. He'll be like, oh, was this me? Everyone's like, no, not you, Hugh. Who are you? Yeah. <laughs> Hugh are you? <laughs> oh. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, do, I think we now have to create a video called He Was On First. No, we don't. <laughs> yes, we, we, do. we do yes. not, actually. I will not be smirched the great name of having <laughs> Costello for this bit. <laughs> We're gonna do it. We're gonna, gonna, gonna make it, it happen. Um, <laughs> uh, I think that's pretty much it for news. Yeah, I, I could talk about video game stuff, but we don't need to talk about. Video uh, game let's, stuff. let's let's skip. Um, okay, so but instead we're uh, we're getting to blackout here. Now I remember I asked you this last time, mm-hmm. but you have seen some of these. I have not seen either of these episodes. Okay, now did you know who Ink was? No. Okay, because I say Ink is awesome. She's amazing. It's way super OP. Way overpowered. She actually ends up being in more episodes than Blight. Oh, really? They, I mean, they kind of set Blight up like he is the primary antagonist of the show, mm-hmm. but he's only in it for so long. Not really a spoiler. Kind of a spoiler. Thanks. Fuck it, whatever. Uh, she has the most appearances of any of his villains. Okay. And I think she is one of the most popular ones to come out of it. It wouldn't surprise me because I've seen, I remember the look. Like, yeah, I, I don't remember ever seeing a full episode of her, but I remember just the blob with the single eye. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember that. How do you feel about her powers? So uh, other than her mysterious ability to cause electronics to either turn on or explode, mm-hmm. her normal powers. How do you feel about of that? Just being kind of whatever goopy? she wants. Yeah. Just being this weird goopy thing. Yeah. Because, I mean, she's very close to Clayface. She is. And that's but what I more sophisticated. I saw like a like a combination of Clayface and Rubber Band Man and then Rubber Band Man? Uh Static Shock villain. Oh, Antihero, right. not villain. All right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Remember the whole episode where he can't read? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I shouldn't laugh at that cuz there are people that can't read. But that was a legit full episode but was Static teaching him how to read his fan I, mail. I think I think it's oh. Yeah. It's fan mail. It's fucking fan mail. I think it's more like the episode of the week nature of that that makes it funny, that the fact that he can't read. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's like his fourth appearance, too. Like, he's in a lot of episodes. Oh, wow. They give him a real arc on that one. Yeah. Wait, he they go four episodes in before they talk about him not being able to read? Well, he starts as a villain, and then he becomes an anti-hero, and then he kind of becomes a hero. Okay. And then at that point... And then point... he becomes a rapper, I think. Because <laughs> the fan mail isn't for Rubber Band Man. The fan mail is for his rap career. <laughs> Jesus Christ. If I remember this correctly, I could be wrong about some of this. You're probably close enough that it's fine. Okay, so she's like rubber band man. And then like the yeah, because she can waters pull... her weakness like waters her weakness. Yeah. Uh, the part that surprised me was uh, unlike Clayface, she can't really control parts of her that come off, which, which yeah. I thought was interesting. But they they're still sentient almost. Yeah, that's what was. I thought her her broader powers, like the implication of powers, weren't very well explained. Like she in of herself kind of makes sense. So she's this like liquid amorphous blob thing. She can decide how solid or liquid she is. She can mm-hmm. shape shift. That don't make sense. But yeah, the 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 weird little bit of her that Bruce collected. Which when did he do that? He pulled out his handkerchief. So at, at some point, and then. Because Powers said, "Don't touch that." Yeah. Well, so yeah, he because he hid the bit of the sample in his handkerchief. Mm-hmm. There was a shot of him like dabbing his forehead, 
with a handkerchief. So I'm gonna guess on the upstroke when he like. Yeah, so I'm guessing he like. So it looked like he was going to touch it, and then Paris does not to touch it. But what throws me off is if he touched it, she would know. She would have noticed because yeah. she would have been like, maybe he, he knew. Would, he would have. She would have seen that he recognized that it was liquid, because obviously she she can go solid, but in that moment she's not. Mm-hmm. There's residue. Here, so here's the thing. So you know how like. I, it's it's on the back of your elbow, or there's some. What is, what's the part of the body where you like have the fewest nerve senses? Is it the back of the elbow? I think that's what it is. Okay. Uh, where like someone can touch you and you won't feel it. He touched the back of her elbow. He he knew her. He's <laughs> done so much planning on this. He knew her so well. He knew how she formed, like which part of the body he's touching when she's in different shapes. So he knew exactly to swipe at the back of her elbow where there's no nerves yes or so she wouldn't even know he did that or maybe he's just a very well-trained gentleman and knows nope. that that is like a not impolite place to like yes that touch them like oh here mm-hmm. let me please allow me after you mm-hmm. right just light casual also why did she pick such an abstract shape yeah why didn't she just like become a puddle or i like go to the shadows like pot or something yeah, like, like a lamp yeah or something mm-hmm fucking weird literally anything besides an abstract <laughs> like what i what i loved is because there was another piece of like weird abstract art in there i guess that he had one just sitting in there mm-hmm. also it, we see her in the beginning of the episode just being a shadow yeah why don't you just go under the desk why don't you just, like jump up to the ceiling and yeah. like absorb in the ceiling yeah because what i love then is because that wide shot shows there's two pieces of abstract art one of them's obviously ink mm-hmm. but that means that she wasn't always there Meaning that room just has this weird unbalance. It's like, <laughs> yes. After like weirdly off to one side of the room is this very bizarre statue. Well, I, I want to think that when she's <clears throat> called in for a contract, they have like they have to rearrange almost feng shui. Like she, they have to rearrange it specifically for her. Yeah. So if someone comes in, she has a place to uh, create abstract art. Yeah. She gives her her clients some mm. options. Like mm. either uh, make sure your our meeting space is very dark so it can easily blend into the shadows. Yes. Uh, or, or, <laughs> or have or this <laughs> please have ugly this ass piece of art. Do you think it's her art? That was that my she next question. Shipped around. Yes. And placed. It's 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 a it's a two it's a twofer. If you want me, you have to buy one of my pieces <laughs> but, of art. Because it it feels very out of place in Power's <laughs> office. Yeah. Uh, which also, she's really just trying to jumpstart her sculpture career, and it's not going well. I get well. it. Well, I mean, so yeah, she had to, instead. you know, go to a life of crime because her abstract art just wasn't selling the way she wanted it to. I really hope this is season two of Barry. <laughs> it's just him becoming an abstract artist. Yeah, it's him wanting to become a painter. Uh, but like every time he murders someone, they get a drop of blood on his paint on, on his on his like portraits. Yeah. He's got to um, redo them. Yeah. He's still selling blood. That becomes like his signature right mark. He's like, oh my God, I got to like kill so many people. Yeah. Sell all this artwork. Yeah. Bill Hader, <laughs> we have a show for you. We got it. Man, we've got so many great ideas we're this doing, episode. We're rocking it today. Yeah. It's all copyrighted, by the way. No should, one can say yeah, those ideas. You just call up Hollywood and be like, hello, Hollywood. We've got some ideas for you. This, <laughs> this is Joe Rogan. I have some ideas. <laughs> Never underestimate Joe Rogan. <laughs> But what I did find weird about, okay, in this episode, did it feel like we were just getting a lot of rehashes? Like, Ink felt like a rehash of Clayface, and Powers in this episode felt just like Lex Luthor light. Absolutely. His office looked the same. He's kind of got that same arrogant, smarmy thing going on. Mm-hmm. I like him in general, but maybe it's because... 
I'm just so up on Superman. Like we've been so immersed in it up late that that's where our brain's going to go first. Mm-hmm. But it just felt a little. No, he he is very and, Lex Luthor-esque. Yeah. Well, actually, and Ink felt a little bit live wire too, just in terms of yeah, that, that was that like was the, the other form one. of sabotage yeah. she was doing. And this, ah, this was not as refreshing as I thought it would be as an episode. Mm-hmm. Um, I I loved how they animated her move mm-hmm. because it was she never walked. Oh which yeah, is you're great right. Because that's exactly how. Because jumping back to Rubber Band Man, he's the same way. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you never see him walk anywhere unless Doesn't he's he bounce? like bounce. Yeah, he turns into a bouncy ball. Fucking <laughs> I love it. Um, I can't. But we talk about this. We talked about it a lot with Incredibles too. How people who have elastic powers never really like dive into that world until yeah. Elastigirl. We saw her use her powers in ways that we ne- that me at least yeah. I'd never seen that power be used before Mm -hmm. and that's amazing and so it was kind of the same of seeing this as she was um almost like a almost like a slinky wherever she went yeah um you could tell like they didn't draw it with momentum but like i saw it like you know when she bounced to one puddle the momentum when Mm -hmm. she came back moved her to the next one and she she's very dynamic like Mm -hmm. we never really see her look the same twice right even when she's like running around she's got like sometimes like these big all these tentacles going around like she's prepared for any sort of attack to swat things away (coughs) <coughs> excuse me yeah yeah it's i i really liked how they animated her i, I feel too. like they just had a lot of fun with it and just like just did whatever they wanted yeah and i think we're we get a lot more of her and if i recall her stories get more interesting as they go along yeah because they just barely touched on her origin yeah and then Which, how do you feel about that um well so they they don't uh, i feel like they get a little bit more into her origin later on there's so the um Batman Beyond continued in a comic series that I've read about half of, and I keep meaning to go, I, I keep rereading the first half and then go buy the rest, and I keep forgetting. So I'm really hoping it's on the DC Universe app. <laughs> uh, but there's kind of a one off issue in that that goes more into her backstory and where she came from, okay. Um, and how she ended up going through like the mutagenic process and giving her just a little bit more kind of texture and depth. And I think maybe because I'm that's the most recent memory for me of her is that version. This one felt a little bit soft. Okay. Um, how did you feel about the, like Terry learning the ropes part of this where he's like, he's just walking around inside the, uh, the, um, uh, was it Fox, Fox, Fox Tech? I was Fox about to Tekka, say, say yeah. Fox Con. <laughs> Fox <laughs> Tech. Um, I did like the, the little callback cause I didn't get the name for a while. Right. Uh, until they're like Lucius, Fo- Lucius Fox Jr. Yeah. I'm like, of course he named him Lucius Fox Jr. Of course. When your name is Lucius Fox, you stick to it. Yeah. That's a dynastic name name right there. Mm-hmm. Um, that was, that was cool to get like a little story into that. Cause like Lucius was so connected to Wayne enterprise. Yeah. Um, to hear that his son started working there and then that they fired him. Fucking powers. Yeah. Such an a-hole. <clears throat> he is. Yeah, I um, yeah, I liked that little nod in there. I, again, I think, and we have reason for sabotage, which we, I think is really cool. We they, do, yeah. It, they're they're competing for a lunar base. Yeah, which I don't think I would have picked up as a kid. No, probably not. That that line is kind of said really fast, it's and a there's a lot of, a lot of story in that it's one like, line. <laughs> and they're just like, yeah, they're competing for a lunar base. Yeah, and I'm like, what? okay, that's I mean, fine. Yeah, now I get it. Yeah, I I I mean, it makes sense that in the the first normal episode, they'd have to have a moment where Terry, like, isn't paying attention, and so he gets hurt, and Bruce's like, oh, you have to learn to think on your feet, which then he later does. Mm-hmm. But again, I think I'm more used to 
the version of Terry we see in like Just League Unlimited when they go into the future and some of the later episodes and like in Return of the Joker as well. Those are all things I've seen more recently where he is more polished as Batman. He's a little more experienced. So yeah. it's almost weird for me to jump back and see the really naive version again. I, I remembered because I wrote down exactly the comparison that I made in my head mm-hmm. when watching it. Um, Ink is a better uh, Tim Curry from Fern Gully. The, when he's, do you remember Tim Curry and Ferngully? Because he's the pollution monster. Oh, okay. And he, I, he's that I same like, gloopy, what, like made of oil. I forgot what he, he looks like. He sings a song. Of course. Well, it's Tim Curry. You don't yeah. put Tim Curry in your movie and not give him a song to sing. Mm-hmm. Um, I forgot about that. I mean, I haven't seen Ferngully in 20 something years. Same. But I used to watch it religiously as a child. I'm looking this up here Ferngully, Tim Curry. Okay, yeah, she. I think she is pretty good, I th- and I think she'll. Oh, this, yeah. yeah, 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 right, yeah. Okay, well, if like posts on Instagram or something like that, being like, "Hey, kids," God, I remember having nightmares you from this, this image. Oh yeah, man, the things freaky looking. Mm-hmm. When he like, cause he he would like eat the fire, cause he was he was made of like oil, so he would eat fire, and his he he became like a skeleton. For the people who don't remember Fringoli, he became like a skeleton. And it just like glowed orange from the inside from the flame. Yeah. And just having nightmares from that. Just saying though, I mean, he's got a pretty ripped body. Oh yeah. Like uh, but I feel like this was like ink V like V point one B. Yeah. Yeah. I think she's pretty good. I do I do mm-hmm. like her. Um but I think that this overall this episode's kind of okay. I think the best part of it though is the finale. In the Batcave. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, did you catch all the costumes? I did. There's so many. Yeah. Um, so which ones did you spot? Um, I saw Riddler. I wrote, I wrote them down. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then I want to talk about the, the sport, but I'll say that for a second. Oh, yeah. Um, I saw Riddler. I saw Poison, not Poison Ivy. I saw Harley. Yeah. Um, the Scarface was in there. All, a version, a puppet version's all shot up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, because there's never one that survives. It survives. I'm trying to remember how... What was the last version? Oh, the, I think the last version we saw fell into the fan on top mm-hmm. of the building where it got chopped up. Yeah. So either the version of the Batcave is just... I think... So the very first time we see Ventriloquist, he gets shot up. He gets shot. So, so I think it's that one. It's just that one, but we're just... We're going with the idea that, like, there's the continuity and it's that version, just it's animated yeah. in the new style. That makes sense. Yeah, I just... I, I, I want ventriloquist story to end where it did where he never went back and so i hope yeah i think it's a better one. version yes yeah. yeah he's in there i'll shut up which i thought was a fun detail uh it's like catwoman kind of off in the distance yeah i i wasn't sure if mad that was hatter catwoman. mad hatter firefly and penguin the the penguin one i thought was funny because penguin is just a really, suit exactly it's, it's just, not really a costume he just stole penguin's suit like that's just <laughs> that's just mean do you... Oh, okay. Because the other ones are, like, costumes. Like, yeah. you're not going to wear that on the street. But Penguin wears that when, he's goes, when he goes anywhere. He wears the suit. When... When do you think he got these? Because there's not a lot of these that we see in the new Batman Adventures. Obviously, like, mm-hmm. the, the T-Rex... Or the giant pennies are... Is there a T-Rex in this one? Yeah. So the T-Rex, the giant penny are there. Um, the gray ghost... Yeah, oh, that was the other one. Yeah, that is, one was... Is, uh, I think it was see. already... I think we saw that before in... New Batman Adventures. Okay. But so all the rest of the costumes, clearly he acquired after the run of the series. So do you think, 
Do you think, like, when did he get those? Because for them to be trophies, it sort of implies, like, they're in his past. I think I, ha- I had a darker idea. I don't think they're trophies. I think they're memorials. Oh, my to God. To the ones that he couldn't save. I think they died doing something and that he's, like, holding on to the memories of the things that he he didn't get to save. Oh, my God. So Except Scarface, because that's the only one not in a case. So he's like, Here, this one is the trophy. Yeah. Okay, so Scarface, I mean, we we do know what happened to Mr. Freeze. Last we saw him, he was in the iceberg, but obviously he comes back in Batman Beyond. Mm-hmm. But it's still possible, given where we find him, that Bruce could have recovered his... Did we see Mr. Freeze? We saw Firefly. His helmet and freeze gun, because they used the freeze oh, gun, but his right, helmet's right, in right, there. Right, okay. So we kind of know... It's possible that Bruce could have gotten the helmet mm-hmm. at some point. Um, maybe the Catwoman suit he has... She, you know, left. I think she mailed it to him. Oh, for sure. I think she left because the last we see her, she had gone off to Paris. Mm -hmm. And I think as like a something to remember me by. Yeah, like a final, uh, yeah, an au revoir sort of thing. She probably just mailed it back to him. Mm -hmm. That's where we would have gotten that. Okay, so then the Riddler died apparently somehow. Yeah, and so Bruce couldn't save him. But I mean, the Riddler could never have been saved. He was too far gone. Mm -hmm. He was never one that was going to try. Um, I guess Firefly. Firefly could have died. We Firefly. Well, since that's like a full like a full this, on suit. Yeah, I bet. I think he just took that from him after okay. they sent him to Arkham. Yeah, and then we do know Harley's fate in this, in this universe. We do actually. Oh, well, I don't. So. You don't, but we we will find it eventually. Okay. So just well, no comment on that. So I like that theory. My theory is uh, that. When he retired, when he decided never again, he got bored. And so he would just occasionally break into <laughs> Arkham and just steal stuff out of their evidence locker. Amazing. And just put it in and then just like very carefully maintain it. Do you think, because a lot of stuff gets trashed mm-hmm. and there's no Alfred anymore. So do you think Bruce then goes through and like spends his day sweeping up all the glass and dumping it? And like building a new case, like sitting there with a screwdriver, like putting the boards together well, so he can build a whole new I showcase. I bet he's trained Ace to clean. But he Ace still can use builds a, it. Can use like a broom and dustbin? Yeah. Just scoop it up. 100%. That's a well trained dog. It's a very well trained Or, no, what are we talking about? He has Terry to do that now. That's true. He 100% makes Terry do it. Yeah, it's his, that's, that's it's, his, it's his version of wax on, wax off. I was going to say, it's his Mr. Miyagi moment. No, but there's no like martial arts payoff later on. It's just Bruce wanted the Batcave cleaned. Yeah. It's I, I want the scene. I'm I'm sure we get it at some point where Bruce actually treats Terry as his as his assistant. It's like houseboy. Yeah. He's like I I thought you hired me to be Batman. He's like no, I hired you because I needed shit done. Yeah. That sometimes that includes the bat suit and sometimes it doesn't. So finish cleaning. That was a, a you del- want these fifty bucks? <laughs> He's like waving it above Come his here. nose. Come here. That would have been like a great deleted scene between the pilot and this. Yeah, where because we assume that Bruce probably hasn't gone in the cave in twenty some odd years, maybe mm-hmm. fifteen years. So that is a thick layer of like dirt and dust. He has to go in and, and, and install all the software updates in the yeah, back computer. So Terry's first day of the job was like scrubbing bat shit off of all the cases, dusting them, mopping the floors, yeah. doing software updates in the computers, checking the oil on the, the future Batmobile. Bruce to use the yeah. back computer because there's like 17 updates since then. Re- reprogramming the voice controls because Bruce's voice has gotten old and gravelly. It yeah. doesn't work the same anymore. 
Yeah, that's what he did for like the first week. Yeah, he's really earning his keep. Yeah, he didn't even get a chance to put on the suit until then. Yeah, <laughs> until he achieved this is actually all the that. next time we see him put it on. <laughs> that's why he's so rusty. That's why he can't think on his feet because he hasn't had any practice in the suit since yeah, the last episode. That's why he was picking up that piece of broken glass, looking at the slime on it. That's all he did for a week was just pick up broken glass. Yeah. That was his martial arts training. Mm-hmm. I love it. It's perfect. Yeah. Um, um, but no, I, I do. I have always wanted to see in the ending of one of the Batman feature films, a fight set inside the Batcave. I just think that is a super cool, interesting idea. It's Bruce. It would require someone to be like the most intrusive possible. Yeah. Is they've gone into the Batcave and like a fight goes on there. Plus, it's a really dynamic place to have a fight. Like there's cliffs, there's stalactites, all these things. Like we see that play out here. Well, I was gonna say uh, in um, Heart of Steel, we have oh. Robot Batman. Oh, that's true. In and yeah, and we think Batman falls. You're right. Mm-hmm. See, it's, that's always a super interesting thing. So I like they did that here. I love that Bruce grabs the gray ghost mask and put it I on. I love that. That's used, such a great nod. the fire hose. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that whole thing was really, really fun. That's not how I thought they were going to stop her. Uh, I, I wasn't expecting the, the ice uh, because there's a there's a short scene in the middle of the fight where she kind of uh, solidifies in human form on top of a glass dome, and so I thought they were going to oh. like push her into the corner and then trap her in the dome. Oh, okay. That yeah, that would have made sense. Mm-hmm. I like or, the, or like flood it. Yeah, I like to use the freeze gun though. Again, yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's like Terry thinking on his feet and grabbing the freeze gun. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also got our first intro of intro. Yes. Of introduction. Introduction. Of Batgirl, the former Batgirl, yes. aka now Commissioner Barbara Gordon. Mm-hmm. Just fun to see with the nice, lovely uh, photo of her dad on the desk. Yeah, of course. Just in case you couldn't catch it. Um, but okay, yeah. Two things we need to talk about, though. Mm-hmm. The sweet, sweet-ass Batmobile. And the Batwing? Well, that's, that's the new... That's called the Batmobile. Oh. It's the Batman Beyond Batmobile. Oh, got it. Yeah. It's cool. <laughs> it's fucking sweet, isn't it? Is it is pretty cool, yeah. That was one of my all-time favorite toys. I'm sure. Yeah. It looks awesome. So what... Uh, okay. Childhood, I mean, like... Ch- childhood rant here. What really bothered me, because there was a pretty great line of... Batman Beyond toys that came out right when the show came out, mm-hmm. including the Batmobile, which was clearly based off like an earlier iteration. So it didn't quite look right. Um, but it still definitely had a sweet look to it. Like the wings folded down the side. We had kind of play mode. It was awesome. They never created a version of Batman in his normal bat suit. The really? closest we got, like the normal figure was Terry in the bat suit with the red wings who clip on and off. But the suit itself was this almost like translucent blue. It was okay. electric blue, and it, ha- it was a semi-transparent material. And like that was the closest we had to the actual just normal proper suit. And that is why, to this day, I still buy every fucking Batman Beyond action figure I can find, including the BTOS one, or the, the DCAU one, including this lovely one that Jeb brought me back from Comic-Con. Which yes. I have to post. That's oh, beautiful. It is gorgeous. Yeah, it's beautiful. I have to get all of them. Mm-hmm. There was a, like a Mattel... Like, they're Legends or something like that. They did a set a couple years ago. I need to track down and find. But it's it doesn't look like the skinny Terry version. It's kind of a mid-range, bulkier version. Like it's a little bit older. But it comes with the removable wings and then all the different Batarangs. I love that design of Batarang. And it comes with a Terry head and then an old Bruce head you can put <laughs> on the body. And it also comes with uh, the loose mask that you could hold in their hands. You can have it look like he's taking the mask off and holding it in his okay. hand. It's a 
fucking cool set. That's cool. I was going to say, I do, it. I like, as a kid, my favorite color combo was black and red. And so seeing that on the... It's so good. Yeah. It's super futuristic. Yes. Uh, it's, I, mean, it, I mean, that's the color palette of this show. It's just black and red. It's a great aesthetic choice. Mm-hmm. I love it. And so, yeah, I th- I, that's what I liked about the, the new Batmobile. Yeah. Oh, the, my the, God. The red accents. Oh, my God. Could you imagine if the DC toy line did a version of that Batmobile? I'm sure they will. I mean, I want them to do the, the new Batman Adventures one first, but oh, mm-hmm. please, please, guys. Yeah. For me. Uh, do it. There's something else I wanted to say. The hockey? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can we talk about it? So, <laughs> what sport is that? There's an actual sport <laughs> that it's based off of. Uh, what there is? There's, you will have seen it once, because I know I've seen it once, and I had to look it up to, to remember. It was in Tron. Um, original Tron? Yes, Original Tron. And it's called... Jailai, uh, J A I space A L A I. Okay. And it's this bizarre. It it was popular in like casinos in the seventies. What? Yeah, and uh, until recently, it held the record for being the fastest ball sport in the world. It had a, a small a small stint in America. I think it was big in like India. Okay. But you from. Tron, you will remember it because it's the giant oh, glove. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's the arced glove. Um, oh, this does look kind of familiar. Yeah. Yeah, so in, in Tron, it's they have to throw it. It hits a target on the ceiling, and then you have to catch it. Yeah. Um, so this is just future version of that. It's Jai Jai. It's, it's Jai Lai on skates. It's Hover. Yeah. Hover Jai Lai. With mm-hmm. like kind of a, a hockey aesthetic applied to it. Mm-hmm. So do you... I, I mean, I didn't see this trivia listed anywhere, but do you think this was... A reference to Tron? I don't think so. Because wasn't yeah, I guess it wasn't very Tron esque. I think they're just mm-hmm. like, what can we do that makes it seem like super futuristic? It, it might have been a hockey thing. They're like, what if the what if the stick was just part of your arm? Yeah. Um, and I think it just might have been a, like a coincidence that that's also a sport that already exists. It probably yeah. Mm-hmm. It's pretty sweet costumes though. Yeah. Wait, sorry, that's it's sports that probably refer to as costumes. <laughs> no, you're oh right. Oh my god, what cool outfits exactly. they have! Say, outfits <laughs> is the next choice. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. I love your ensemble. <laughs> uh, yeah, weird. Your I'll, whole aesthetic is just your really, whole aesthetic. It's really just fabulous. Point. It's fantastic, though. And that's that. We'll see more of that later on, too. Okay. Yeah, because that's I, like, I love like the sport sp- of Hamilton like, Hill High. Fiction sports, I think, are so fascinating, especially when you get like actual rules. Because like that takes so much work. Oh, to like come up with a whole sport. Yeah, a whole fictional sport. Yeah, I. I I mean, Quidditch is obviously the Quidditch is amazing. Yeah. I know. God, I really wish you could play and there's real like, Quidditch. The rules, like, JK made the rules so detailed that we have people that can just fucking play it now. Yeah. And that's crazy. Imagine what will happen, how cool it'll be when we have technology that can more or less, like, recreate the look and feel of flying around on a broomstick. We have it. That's the thing. We what? have it. And I'm, I'm honestly upset that it hasn't been built yet. So the ride in Pandora okay. in Disney World. Um, sorry to spoil it. If you don't want to, uh, here's the time code. Blah blah blah. If you don't want to hear the ride, uh, <laughs> it's not important. I mean, it, like it, it's a ride. You, you know what to expect. Yeah. Uh, but you sit on the ikrans, the the banshees. Yes. And you feel it underneath you, and it kind of you weave through a scene. Mm-hmm. And so we can get a middle ground of that, where it's not you actually playing Quidditch. But you can sit on a broomstick and have like a 3D environment where you are playing, you know, a scripted game of right. Quidditch. Okay, so I get what you're saying there. I meant more what will happen when we have 
sort of hover style technology yeah. that means we could actually like play real Quidditch. If we combine that with um, the void, the the super immersive VR oh, right, experience, yeah. it, you wouldn't be able to move physically move around, but they could definitely set it up where you sit on the broom, you have the headset on, yeah. and you kind of tilt side to side. And make and it seem can, like you're doing it. Yeah, like that that's totally pretty, doable right now. That actually would be pretty and sweet. And no yeah. one's fucking on it. Well, some, we, well it's got to be us. Yeah. As we've we established this episode. We have a lot of shit to do right now. After we uh, fix the Oscars, yeah. uh, create Hughes on first. Yep. Nope. <laughs> and what was the other thing we are going to fix? I don't remember. We're gonna <laughs> had a lot of great ideas. This yeah, we'll do proper Quidditch. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, do you have any more things to say about this, or can we jump into Golem? Because I feel like we're starting to talk about the life at Hamilton Hill High, and I feel like Golem better serves us to talk about okay. that. Uh, the, the last point I wanted to make was the absolute disgusting and horrifying scene where Ink is just trying to suffocate oh, Terry. Oh, God, yeah. Because they do that. Like It's so well animated, it made me sick. Yeah, it's 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 horrifying to look at, and then he's throwing it all up onto the floor of the Batcave. Yeah, which he's later gonna have to clean. Well, do you think Ink has to reabsorb that part of her? That's what I was wondering. Like, how much of her is sentient? Like, because she also goes down his throat literally head first. Yeah. So is she looking? Is she like looking down his esophagus? I guess so. Mm, everything about this makes you very uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Massive. Well, I just, personal I just space want violation. the scene when she's in whatever future Arkham is. I don't actually know what that is anymore. I don't know if they have one. Okay. Uh, but she's like, because you can't take a shower. Right. And, she's, oh. and she just has like, she's like pulling pieces of vomit off of her leg. Yeah. She's like getting like bits of hamburger yeah. out of her stuff from. Terry's mm-hmm. stomach. Oh, okay, okay, that was it. So now, now we can talk about Golem. Okay, now we can talk about Golem. Um, this is the most Spider-Man episode I've ever seen of Batman. It is. I I didn't really love this. Okay. I wasn't. Hmm. Who is this episode for? What like what do you think they're beyond trying to tell an entertaining story? If if we're running the idea that it's geared at kids, maybe they're trying to give some sort of message. Who is the person? Who's the audience trying to give a message to? And what do you think their message is supposed to be? Yeah, that that's the that's my question. I was like, real real quick recap of the plot of this because I feel like we actually won't talk about the plot that much. Uh, super nerdy kid at the high school gets bullied a whole bunch. Willie Watts. Willie Watts. He steals his dad's two story tall, thirteen ton, thirteen ton mechanical like, robot construction device. Yeah, basically called like the a, Golem. Yeah, it's it's basically like a, a robot. It's all construction equipment kind of put into a robot. Yeah. And he uses it to enact his own, like, revenge against the boys. And then eventually his brain gets merged with the golem itself. And then at the end, he has control over electronics. I don't know. But the whole thing is a story about a bullied kid who, in turn, gains power and then abuses it. Mm -hmm. So, again, who is this for? With no real repercussions. Yeah. He just gets more power. And everyone in this episode sucks. Mm -hmm. Like, everyone's an asshole. So I'm like, who... Who are we supposed to empathize with? Who are we supposed to judge? Like, I feel like no one was given enough depth to their behavior to make it seem like they were human. They all just felt like they were cliches. Yeah. What I would have really liked, so we have a little bit of interaction between Wade and Terry. Mm-hmm. Terry isn't... Willie. What did I say? Wade. Sorry. Yeah. This is Batman Wade. Beyond, not Ready Player One. I know. 
Yeah. Uh, Willie. Willie Watts, not Wade Watts. Yeah. Willie. Also, there we go. That in and of itself, very Spider-Man. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Very Spider-Man name. Um, so there's a little bit of, of communication between them, but Terry isn't, like, really friendly with him. He's just... Terry's he's, kind of, like, positively ambivalent. Like, he's ambivalent, but we'll still stick up for him. Yeah. He's... What's the what's the D&D class? He's... Um, um, something neutral? Top, top middle, yeah. Um, neutral good? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. That. Yeah. That's it. Is that it? Mm-hmm. No. That lawful. 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 Uh, lawful. Lawful neutral. Lawful neutral. There we yeah. go. Um, I don't play D and D's. I don't know. Well, I mean, it's it's interesting because Batman is always chaotic. Uh, lawful. Wait. No, chaotic. No. Uh, yeah. It's it's the uh, top right. So you have the lawful, neutral, chaotic, and then good, neutral, evil, bad. bad? I don't know. I don't remember anymore. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm letting you guys down. Someone write it and tell us. Yeah. Um, and be sure to remind Cameron he was forgetful and wrong. Yeah. I mean, constantly. Yeah. Uh, but no, it, it seemed like the, the the relationship was less him wanting to protect Willie and more him wanting to beat up, not Dash, Bash, Vash, Lash, Mash. I wrote it down. Nash. Nash. <laughs> Nelson, Nelson Nash. Yeah. Is his name. Again, another very Spider-Man name. Right. Who's, who's very much just... Uh, he's Flash Thompson. Yeah, That's 100%. All, he's, 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 still, just, he's even blonde, cares about his car too much. Yeah. Played by Joe Manganiello. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just ripped his fuck. Yep. Um, actually, it still a, fucking blows my mind that Joe Manganiello I know, right? Flash so Thompson. So bizarre. He looks so young. He is so young. I know. He's not but yet a still wolf. still not high school. Yeah. Oh, he's still, yeah. <laughs> he's, he's still, still like 10 years past high school. 32, probably, <laughs> at least. Uh, but... <laughs> it's uh yeah it's nelson nash mm-hmm. who's actually a redhead not a blonde oh sorry Psh, come on um he's yeah. so different than flash thompson Are you so kidding me? excuse me um yeah so the, the relationship is is less him wanting to be friends and more him wanting to be enemies with the other one yeah and it's more the enemy my is the enemy my enemy is my friend yeah it and the only real good person is dana she's the, like and it was way too late for her to try and intervene yeah at the end when he's having his carry moment and the, uh, the and golem the, bursts through mm-hmm. the pier. Yeah. Also, let's talk about how like unnecessarily cool their school dances are. Yeah. I guess it's out on a pier. Yeah. Also, but like what kind of dance is it? I think this would also throw me off a little bit. It's like, if it's not it being, Oh, I would assume that even in the future, high school dances are still held at the, the high school. Yeah. But they also it's didn't like only ever prom that are offside. Did they ever specify that it was a high school dance? They they would just refer to it as the dance. I guess not. And Willie, being the clueless kind of character that he is, would show up to like just a casual sort of thing in like a full tuxedo with a corsage. Yeah. So I guess okay. So that makes the joke a little better about her wearing the corsage. Yeah. Um, but it was just the the punchline that really threw me off because that's such a high school trope. What was the punchline? Um. He's like, oh, do you want any punch? And she's like, whatever. He's like, oh. I'll, get you, I'll get you some punch. The, the line about sorry, punch. Sorry, not, not the, the punchline. Punch yes, yeah, sorry. I didn't realize <laughs> the wordplay, the unintentional wordplay. Yeah, it's just the whole thing is just built on cliches. And mm-hmm. that, that didn't work for me. It's like Nelson is just the Flash Thompson, the really generic Cares more about School his car jock than anyone else. He cares more about his yeah. jock. He doesn't treat his girlfriend well. His girlfriend, like, is not even his, really his girlfriend. Yeah, just like a girl he in just school. He's as his girl. With. Yeah, and just like she's into it, but then she's annoyed at him, but she's still into him. But even then, like, you know, I she, want the bad boy, but he still has to work for it. Well, yeah, kind, yeah, and 
I think part of my problem too is that they didn't give her a lot of depth. Mm-hmm. Like what I wanted them to do. Sorry to cut you off. How dare you? <laughs> It's the first time. First time for everything. I know. I got completely lost my train of thought. Anyways, it's fine. Um, they did this episode before, just not in high school, when we had the episode where the penguin is trying to be oh, good. Oh, uh, birds with, of a feather? I, sure. With, with Veronica Vreeland, right? Veronica Vreeland. Yeah. Yeah, where he, she just brings him along as a stooge. Yeah, to just make the other guy jealous. Yeah. And that's all that the episode needed to do. Wait, it like, was... Oh, yeah, she was trying to make someone jealous. No, yeah. she wasn't trying to make anyone jealous i think she just was trying to he, she brought him along as a source of amusement for her and her friends okay, that's, yeah with her her really camp best friend and i'm with her gbf i kind of wish they would have done that that story i gone like because they didn't i feel like they didn't want to go full carry yeah and i feel like they should have because that's it's a good story it's iconic and it's it fits very well into this into this plot yeah well because there's really? even the scene where the girls laugh at him and like yeah why didn't she go in on that he because I mean, it is very close like he's got the kind of abusive parent but even that is just like oh i've i've got a son who's a wuss right it's yeah if they push the, you, you gotta yeah push like back. the the dad doesn't like his nerdy son the jock's picking on him the hot girl is just using him to make someone jealous i think that was my problem with it and at least I'm, i think it was birds of feather i'm not quite sure in that episode, she is using him for a source of entertainment, but that's not like this is a very cliched story mm-hmm. of like the hot girl hangs out with the nerdy guy to make the other guy jealous, and by doing so, like leads the like the nerdy guy on, and it becomes a whole thing. It's like it all. I kind of wish done. that that was the first time. I, I mean, it wouldn't have worked as well, but if 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 the story was. You know, his dad gives him the talk of, like, if someone pushes, you got to push back. Yeah. He makes the plan. We see him actually planning out how to... Because they... I wish they would have pushed more into him being, like, really tech-savvy. Yeah. Instead of just saying, like, oh, I'm in your robotics class and I'm doing well. Um, I would have loved for him to, like, figure out a new way to control the golem without the headset. Yeah. And that it, you know, put some chip behind his ear or something. That might have better explained when he just gets zapped and all of a sudden can merge with the thing. And now he has this sentient guardian angel. Um, So we see him set all that up and like he's about to do it at um, at the mall. Mm -hmm. He's about to summon the golem flash, you know, like pushes him into a wall or something. Dana comes in, Dana being the shining light of goodness that she is. Yeah, the only good character, the only decent person in this whole thing. Um, She's like, oh, hey, come hang out with us. We're going to go get Froyo or something. Yeah. Terry's kind of ambivalent to it. He's kind of rolls his eyes like, yeah, sure. You can come interrupt our date in my only free time that I have. <laughs> um, so he's like, OK, this is fine. Like, I can handle this. Yeah. Um, and then then you have the carry moment at the prom. Throw him in the pier. He comes out soaking wet. The chip like fried. And oh, then he gets control of okay, it. OK, yeah. Um. Yeah, so then it's merged with him. So then he comes back. Dana tries to help. Terry Terry has to do something to get on his bad side. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, maybe he goes and asks for help. Or he's like, how do I ask her to dance? I don't know. Some other high school trope. Terry just kind of pushes him aside because either Batman stuff is going on or he's trying to get with... Probably Batman stuff would fit. Yeah. Um, has the Batman stuff going on. He kind of ignores uh, Willie throwing in the water. Then he has his carry moment. Dana comes, tries to save the day, fails. Then we end with the fight. 
I got so lost in all that, but sure, it all, it all sounds great. <laughs> Sorry. That's so confused. Kind of word vomited that, I, I, that ending. What I think it needed, it, it needed a beat of sympathy from all of them. I guess Blade... Yeah, he needed a chance to be better without being evil. Yeah. Like, Blade got her one moment where she's like, well, what about Willie? Like, she feels kind of bad about ditching him at the party. But that... It didn't really feel earned given the way she treated him the whole rest of the way. Right. What I think it, what might have worked here is if Terry had gone up to Williams like, hey, do you see what's going on? She's just like using you. And then if he was super defensive about that, then mm-hmm. maybe that would have worked a little okay, bit better. Yeah, like, there we go. If he had been given an out. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, like, this is the problem is, are we supposed to, sympathize with him because he is like he starts out and he is most I think a victim like he gets the victim abuse from his dad from uh, Nelson or yeah Nelson and you know from Blade in some ways too so are we supposed to feel bad for him I don't know because yeah I feel like so I, I brought this up to you before the podcast this there's a did you ever watch the ultimate spider-man animated series no i've heard it's good though it's really good drake bell surprisingly good peter parker yeah i can see that Mm -hmm. um but in the episode with the rhino Mm -hmm. the rhino being the exact same character he's the nerd who gets picked on by flash thompson okay crap it's it's actually the exact same story now that i think about it Rhino turns into the Rhino, destroys the car. Yeah. Uh, and then goes oh to Flash's home and he's just going to, you know, destroy his house. Yeah. And then you learn that Flash lives in a trailer because his family's poor. Okay. Uh, and he's mean because, yeah. Weird twist. They try and sympathize with Flash halfway through. But the isn't show. that also uh, the story of Roger from Doug? Yeah. 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 Okay. So I'm um, sure I want to make sure I had all of my also cartoons. Also, Nelson tropes. from Spider Man, or not Spider Man, from The Simpsons. It's a uh, pretty big, it's a pretty common trope that bullies are just, uh, like, the poor kids. Yeah. Um, okay, that's fair. Yeah, but I feel like they handle it so much better in Spider-Man. Because okay. Because you do see Peter try and be the friend. Okay. Because they are both nerds. Yeah. I think that's the problem, is Terry isn't a nerd, and so he can't really sympathize with his villains. Yeah. Or with that villain. I guess so, it's just... Because Peter... It, it's the story of with, with Spider-Man. It's, it's Peter gets power and uses it responsibly. Rhino gets power and uses it ir- irresponsibly. Ir- yeah. Right. Cause they're both, in, they're both bullied by flash and just how they handle it. Okay. See, then that becomes interesting because that at least is offering up counterpoints or it's offering yes. up different points of view or it has shades of nuance. But the, my problem here is you can't have, your characters be both one dimensional and also straddle a line. Mm-hmm. So like Willie, he's a victim, so it's feel bad for him, but then he's also a, an aggressor and takes it way, way, way too far, but he's not given enough depth to make us feel bad for his turn. Um, and even blade too. She is mostly just a one note self selfish girl. Yeah. Can we also talk about her name for a second. It's weird. I know. Weird. It's weird to have a character named Blade and not have them be in a gang. Exactly. <laughs> like, that doesn't really or, fit. Or go around slaughtering vampires. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, I wanted, I wanted more from her. I wanted her to maybe have 
some moment of genuine interest in either Nelson or Willie or both. Just enough to make this not feel like it's just pushing buttons we've seen before. Yeah. And I, I, and maybe just in a much more modern context where, like, I mean, to go super dark with, like, school shootings and shit, things are super heavy when you start talking about bullying and the repercussions of bullying and you get things like, I, I didn't watch season two of, um, Oh yeah. We, we had a, we had a 13 a reasons why we talked we had a, yeah, a before. beforehand, but you know, we, if you're going to go down that path now, you have to try and do it with some sort of self-awareness and nuance and empathy. Mm-hmm. And I get that this was made 20 years ago. And so it's a very different world. But it's just hard to watch that now and not see those elements. Right, not feel the beats. Because uh, what I was talking about with 13 Reasons Why, I'll try and speed through it as fast as possible. The finale, spoiler, whatever. If you haven't watched it by now, you're season not going to watch it. Yeah, season specific. two. Specific. Um, the most recent season. Um, one of the characters has a horrible incident happen to him. I won't go into it. Um, but he shows up at the school prom with a machine gun. Uh, and the whole like the nice group from the, the tapes comes out to try and talk him out of it. Mm-hmm. And they end up doing so. Okay. Um, but like the, you have to, I mean, there's no real redemption moment, but like that's, that is real shit now. Yeah. And, and yeah, like you said, this is 18 years ago now. So it's hard to, to make that comparison. Yeah. Like you said, it does feel tone deaf now. Yeah. And it's, it, it just, it made me just kind of feel weird at the end of the episode. Cause you do have these villains that don't think about, and we, we always joke about it, about, um, uh, what's the word, about just, like, other damage they're doing around the city. Collateral damage. Yeah, they don't ever think about that. And now we kind of are in a world where we have to think about that. Yeah. In both a physical and a mental yeah. state. It, it just, everything about it felt a little bit lazy. Um, and again, I, I think it's fair for us to be a little bit critical of this, just given that there was better material subsequently like further on down the line in Just League, but also there was better material back in BTOS. Yeah. So, but I mean, it's, it's still fine. And like, we'll, we'll see more of, um, Willie Watts. And if I recall, I think he, he gets a little bit better as time goes on. Okay, cool. So, um, well, yeah. Cause now I think I like his power now more. Cause now he's just, he's just like, just like tech. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a technokinetic. Is that a term? Uh, tele. No, I think that's right. Te- yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Technokinetic. Sounds so, right. Yeah. That'd be cool to see him come back later. Um, any other thoughts on that? I think that's pretty much it. Let me okay. check my notes. Okay. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, dance at a circus. Their school is cooler than mine. <laughs> um, oh yeah. The last line from the dad was just like, fuck you. I wanted, at least he's not, I wanted not a Bruce worse. to come out and just like backhand him with the cane. Um, I know. I just, oh. yeah. Or, um, yeah. Terry makes some line of like, you should go say something cause you're probably not going to see him for a while. Yeah. And the dad with like with a smile on his face, like, well, I guess my son's not a wuss anymore. I'm like, that's like, fuck you. Maybe that's part of my problem. With this episode is that the only person who gets punished is Willie. Yeah. Nothing happens to the dad. Nothing really happens to Nelson. And it's weird to say like it's weird to say that like Blade should have some sort of comeuppance, but maybe at least some sort of like recognition of. Like, like I would, a change of heart. At yeah, least. Or, or just you know, I think I could believe that Nelson would keep on being a douchebag, but I could see Blay being like, "Don't you see? Like, like what, look what we did. Like, this is our fault." And like walking mm-hmm. away from him. Oh, I here, think that would have been more interesting. Here, here's what we had to do: just one small edit. So the okay. final scene where he's in juvie, mm-hmm. um, you you hear the TV on in the background, and you see um, Willie 
reading an apology from Blade. I was like, sorry, I treated you so badly. And then the villains come, or then like the other juvie kids come in. It's like, yeah. change the channel. I want to I watch, you know, cartoons. And then he kind of like crumples it up. And now he's gone like pure evil. Oh, well, okay. Like he doesn't forgive her. Yeah. Even so though he she crumples tried. it up and then blows up the TV and then walks away with yeah. a smile. I, I guess it's just, it's the wrong, I guess. Hmm. Like it's the smallest amount of effort they needed to do to kind of yeah. have her feel something at the end of the episode. I don't think a super villain origin should be that they were bullied a lot. Mm-hmm. I think that's just a but little... But I feel like that's t- so many It's a lot, villains. but it's, it's just a little bit tone deaf. Mm-hmm. I don't think it quite works. So Well, I mean, that's Scarecrow, that's Penguin, so, not, that's... Um, and like, not in the DCAU. Well, I mean, just in general, Scarecrow's origin... No, even in the DCAU, don't they have an episode where you learn his, he was beat by his dad? Do we? Isn't that too, Harvey? Is that Harvey? No, that that's also in the comics for Harvey. Yeah, um, so, but no, we, wasn't there a Scarecrow episode where he like goes to a house, uh, and it's like his dad's house? What am I thinking of? I don't know what you're thinking. I have this. no idea what I've I've definitely seen an episode of this. That doesn't sound right. I don't know. Okay, where it's Scarecrow. Okay, let me, let me just talk about what I saw okay. if I remember correctly. Bruce goes to a house. Um, it it looks like like a like a rickety cabin house yeah um that's on a farm you see a scarecrow out front with the tractor and you know the whole nine yards uh he goes in and then like like the fear gas hits him and so as he's climbing the stairs they kind of go on forever oh is this an episode of something he there is oh there is then there's like undertones of scarecrow being in there and he was kind of hit with his own gas or something like that and Ah. like he keeps seeing his dad Wait, Bruce keeps seeing his own dad. No, no, no. Scarecrow sees his dad. That I don't remember. I vaguely okay. recall Bruce going out to some, like, operation where Scarecrow has something going on. If you, if anyone knows what we're talking Please. about, because goddamn it, this is gonna really bother me. Are you sure it was Batman? I'm like eighty percent sure it was Batman. Okay, I could be wrong, well, but I don't know what other villain it, or what other character it would have been. I don't know, but if you guys know, write it in. Tell yes. us. <laughs> Send us a note. Yes, friends. Because we have our new section called <laughs> Notes from Friends. Friends with Notes. <laughs> friends with Notes. Um, it's all about our friends who are musically talented. Yes. Um, yeah, relatively short stuff here, but uh, we got we got a lovely um, message on Instagram from Ashley Clark, a.k.a. Pretty Dang Nerdy, uh, one of our favorites. She was listening to the episode up on her, her TV mm-hmm. and was saying it's always good to hear the Tim Talk boys talking about Batman Beyond. Also, your logo looks really cool in the center of a television. Your, your new Batman oh, logo. You. It looks... I fucking love it. I love it so much. The Beyond logo. Um, but like I said, it, my favorite color palette is black and red. It's beautiful. I love it. it real simple. She, uh, she was saying that she liked the version of our, our happier Bruce future, but that for her, there's no universe where Bruce and Selena don't end up together, which I think mm-hmm. is fair. And my, my counterpoint to that was that, unfortunately, the DCAU just never invested itself in that relationship long term. Yeah. Sadly. Um, also, Maddie confirmed Bruce is in his late 70s. Thank you so much, Maddie. Awesome. Now, if we can only figure out how old Ace is. Ace is. Yes, it's the next um, major challenge. And then Paul Hill put up on Twitter, he was wondering, just to the general like DCAU community, is it worth buying Superman the Animated Series on DVD? What are your thoughts? I'm going to say no, just because the streaming service is going to come out, and I think oh, you already know it's going to be Oh, probably be there. up on that, yeah. Because mm-hmm. I think there are episodes in it worth seeing, mm-hmm. definitely, especially if there are Batman crossovers. It also depends on how much it costs. That's a good point, like, yeah. if it's... 30 and under, sure. For all not? of it? Yeah. yeah. I think that's reasonable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd say, 
do do a nice cost benefit analysis, but certainly think about the fact that it's all going to be on the streaming yeah. service soon. I would say, yeah, I would say don't go anywhere over thirty. Yeah, I think that's fair. Because I think I have it. Good advice. I uh, do you have Superman? I think so. Because okay. I, I I found a super nice deal on eBay. Oh, for all of the hashtag ad hashtag sponsored. <laughs> eBay, the place to buy shit for all of the DCAU that was already out there. Yeah, so I, I got guess... everything from. Um, I didn't get Beyond or Static. But you already had Beyond, right? Yeah, I got Beyond from a different place. Okay. Um, but yeah, it was all of BTOS, New Batman, Superman, and Justice League. Okay. Uh, and I got it all for like 80 bucks. It's pretty solid, actually. Super nice. That's well yeah. worth it. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I, I mean, it, I think there are a lot of complicating factors in doing so, but I would love to see all of the D if they did a box set of the entire DCAU on Blu-ray, mm-hmm. I mean, even if it, it would be expensive, that's a lot of material. Yeah. Probably like, it could be like 200 bucks. Maybe. I, was, I would, yeah, I would say anywhere from like 150 to 250. I'd still buy it. I, I think you can just imagine just how beautiful that whole, I see the, thing I see the be. case just being the, the bat logo. Yes. Like yeah. Like the, awesome. yeah. Like just the, the original animated series logo. Mm-hmm. I'm so down for it. Yeah. For, Yeah. <laughs> Oh, those people out of DC, please make these things for us. We want them. <laughs> we will um, buy them. But uh, what are your bat plugs? What are my bat plugs? Your Chris, bat I plugs. have a major bat plug for you. Oh, yes. For the audience. I wanted to save it for on air. I'm but sad you, you, that you, we, you, you spoiled I, it at I lunch today. I slipped it before because I was so excited. Yeah. Because you owe me one season Fuck. of My Hero Academia. How many episodes is it? Uh, 24. 24 in the 30-minute episodes? Yeah, 20-minute episodes, yeah. Oh. Camera. If you cut off the intro and outro, but the intro is one of the best fucking songs uh, in every season. It'll take me forever to get to it, but I'll try. You have to. That's the bet. Not the bet. The deal we made. Damn it. I read Hush. Okay, let's... I will watch it. You have soon. to. I will start watching it before we record the next episode. Okay. That is my plea. My plea? My, my promise. Yes. My plea to a camera, don't make me try. <laughs> I don't have time. I will watch it with you because I love the show. So, like, it's it's kind of sad to say that it is the highlight of my week every week. Oh, I get up, oh, Cameron. I get up at 6 a.m. every Saturday so I can watch My Hero Academia, and then I go back to sleep after I watch it. Oh, my God. It. You're still a child, and I love it. Yes. Okay, I promise I will watch it before next episode. I'll watch a, at least one episode. Mm-hmm. But I want to hear your thoughts on Hush, because that is one of my all-time favorite Batman comics. Probably one of the first Batman comics I bought, actually. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was good. It wasn't the story I thought it was. What did you think it was? I thought um, what I wish they had done, because it's kind of the red herring through most of the, most of the comic, is going back to the, the strategy scene, mm-hmm. where it's Bruce and Tommy. Yeah playing stratego i guess i don't know what game they were playing yeah because it's not chess yeah it's like, it's like chess i'm gonna go have you played stratego i have not i know of it but I've yeah it's like it. a it's like a stratego risk chess cross yeah between the three um where tommy always wins because he can outsmart bruce bruce and i wanted that to kind of come full circle mm-hmm. where we do learn at the end and i don't know i guess i forgot about this that it was riddler behind it all it's a great reveal. Yeah, it was a great reveal. And that scene where Riddler's telling it all and Batman throws in, um, what is it? The riddle. The riddle, it's yeah. Like, what, uh, what time is it when an elephant sits on your fence? Mm-hmm. Time to get a new fence. Yeah. Every, uh, that's a bad one because everyone knows it. Exactly. And then, yeah, he's like, yeah, because 
the worst riddles are ones that everyone knows the answer to. And Riddle has no response whatsoever. Yeah. You, you see him almost like crack. <laughs> yeah. Like, he, he knows he's trapped. Yeah. Um, and then just gets punched in the face. Yeah, well, because that's the setup then for um, Red Hood later yes, on. That's, yes, that's Yeah, that's where Jason Todd's body was missing, and we mm-hmm. eventually figure out that all was going on. Um, also, the Jason Todd... Um, Red herring, I liked a lot. That too. was yeah, where they go over like it was Clayface, but Clayface couldn't mimic it perfectly, so the moves were based off of D- Nightwing, yeah, Nightwing, which we'd seen in an earlier page. Oh, that's which right, I thought was the so, same moves. Yeah, because that's something I wouldn't have got if I didn't read it all in one sitting. Just, yeah, I read it out of spite. I want you to know that I read the entire thing in one sitting purely uh, out of spite. I'm glad so you're so able you to enjoy watch. yourself while <laughs> so doing it all for have such to watch the show. Spiteful reasons. <laughs> um. But yeah, I, I mean that it's just that story is so good. Mm-hmm. I think Hush is a great villain. Yeah, it's fun to see so many different of his rogues all get drawn into it. Yeah, yeah. So with with the Tommy part, like Tommy does make the the kind of nod at the very beginning, where we know that he knows Bruce's secret. Yeah, where he's like, you should, you know. Make sure he's not going, you know, he's not doing what he usually does tonight. Yeah. Whatever the line is. Um, but then at the end, to learn that Riddler was the one that told him kind of underplayed Hush for me. Kind of like, lessened him as a villain a bit. You wish Hush had been smart to figure it out on his own. Yeah. Yeah. And that, like, I, I, I'm still fine with Riddler kind of being the one controlling it. Yeah. Because I, I think it would be great if Hush thought he was in charge mm-hmm. and then he's defeated and you figure out Riddler was the one playing everyone the whole time. Yeah. That would have been a cool mm-hmm. twist in the end. Even though that is kind of the twist. Kind of. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, it was great. Uh, the, the ending with Catwoman was great. Cause I yeah. think that really plays into what, um, Tom King. N- no, not what Maddie said. Who was, um, Oh, Ashley Clark. What Ashley said with like, she wanted Bruce and, and Selena it's to be It's hard together. to see them not end up together in the end. Well, even in this, like, you see why they can't. Because he's always so concerned that yeah. she's either he's, something's wrong with him, mm-hmm. something's wrong with her, she's playing him. Yeah. There's so many factors that he can't get out of his head, so he can never trust. I know. It's, um, but it's, it's, so, it's so, so good. Yeah, and then there was one line that really kind of, like, hit Batman to a T for mm-hmm. me. And it's uh, in Tommy's funeral. There's one bubble when he's not reading, oh, Captain, my captain. Yeah. Uh, Bruce loves his cliches. Yeah. Uh, where it says, uh, Dr. Thomas Elliott, skilled surgeon, has saved many lives. Uh, unfortunately, no one was skilled enough to save him. Mm-hmm. And that's so on point for Batman to show that he will never be good enough for himself. Right. Like, no matter that's how really hard good. he yeah. tries... Like it's probably just a throwaway line for one of the writers, but it was it hit Batman right on the head. Yeah. Of like he will never be good enough. My um one of my favorite little moments is when he's fighting Superman, when Superman's being controlled by poison ivy and they're fighting. Mm-hmm. Um and I think it's I think it's in the like this the thought bubble, the speech bubble, but he's like talking about how he's his whole strategy for fighting Superman. It's like, and I know that I'll be fine because Deep down, Clark is a good person, and deep down, I'm, I'm not. not. Yeah, <laughs> just like oh shit. Yeah, yeah. That's that's how you do a really good Batman Superman fight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because there's no like super suit. There's no the only thing holding him back is he 
knows Clark won't go all out. Yeah, it's like he knows that Clark, there's enough of him there that he won't use his heat vision because it'll like spark the line, like the power lines or whatever, like the gas lines under the city yeah. and blow everything up. Like he, he knows him enough to know how he can push it. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's just, yeah, it's cool to see him having to improvise how to fight Superman. Yeah. And the fact that he's still so fucking prepared for and it. And even, even the very first scene where he's, you know, where he's dealing with Killer Croc, and he's planned it out to the second. Yeah. And Killer Croc comes out. He's like, I thought I had, you know, 10 seconds left. Yeah. Before Croc even was supposed to be here. Um, this is why, and I again, it's very different in a comic versus in a film, but this is why I would love to see someone attempt to do a Batman movie, either in animated form or, like, live action, where he's narrating it to do, like, full-on noir style. Yeah. Because I think... It would be interesting to see that side of him, that very calculating mathematical side, mm-hmm. while he's doing. Do it stuff. like, um, like the Sherlock Holmes American movie. Oh, but, but yeah. not as not as like. Uh, <laughs> Let's guy Richie. Yeah, Let's yeah. guy Richie. Yeah, but yeah, because you know the whole thing with narration is your narration should offer you something that what's happening on screen doesn't. It should be either a contrast or adds another layer. And I think a, a Batman narrating what's happening would do that. Mm-hmm. I love to see it. But. So, quick question before yeah. we go to your plugs. Mm-hmm. Um, so we know this is the next big movie. This will be next summer. Is is the Hush movie? Oh, the next animated film. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Um, their movies run about two hours. Uh, no, they run like eighty-seven minutes. They run about an hour and a half. I love how that's very specific. I like it's roughly eighty-seven. Yeah. Um, do you think they can fit all this in that time frame? And if not, what do you think they could cut? Oh, that's tough. Okay. I don't think they can fit it all in. I think that this, like, similar to the Dark Knight Returns, really, you need to get all of it in there. So mm-hmm. this, I think, should either be a, a multi-parter, like a two-parter, or even, like, an episodic sort of thing. Episo- I would love episodic, where each episode is a character. Do it almost Game of Thrones style. Okay. I don't know if I want to see it stretched out that much. Um, I just more think, I think if you break it up in like three parts, something like that, and basically do it like beat for beat. My whole thinking okay. with the animated movies is the, the closer they adhere to the comics, kind of the better. Mm-hmm. With, with some modifications, of course, being necessary. What do you take out? I mean, you can't really take out the Selena thing. No, that's way too important. I guess you could take out Huntress. Yeah. But then someone else would have to find him out at the crash site. It could be Catwoman. No, could, I guess Catwoman's running, though. Yeah, Catwoman's yeah. running away from him. I think this is part of the problem. Could is, be Gordon. Could be Gordon. Because Gordon kind of comes in out of nowhere. Yeah. I, I think this is where you run into a lot of challenges with, especially a Batman story like this. That story is very, very tightly told mm-hmm. and very efficient. And everything is pretty damn necessary. There's really not a lot... There's, there's not a lot of padding in there. You know who it should be? Because I didn't really know the character and he kind of came out of nowhere. Is you can cut Huntress and either cut... Or you can either cut Huntress mm-hmm. or you can cut um, the tech guy. Oh, Harold? Yes. Because yeah. I'd never met Harold before. Uh, I knew of Harold because of the No Man's Land comics. Got it. He was, he was more present around that time of Batman, like the mid-90s, the mid-90s. Okay. Yeah, like they're gonna have to. I think there are things you can you have to simplify and cut down. As necessary. I think both those characters can kind of be merged. So either yeah. Harold gets shot in the end, and he's the one that finds Batman, or Huntress gets shot in the end, and she's still the one that finds Batman. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, it's it'd be hard to have Harold pop up, especially at the end, because you would have to set him up at the beginning. If it's mm-hmm. a self-contained story. 
Yeah. Um, but I, I, I am excited about it. And Harley. I think they, like, as much as I love Harley, yeah. I don't think her scene was entirely necessary. Oh, the opera scene? Yeah. Mm, but they have to it, it did lead it to the murder. Yeah, the killing, but I think, of, the killing of Tommy. And then that amazing scene when Gordon stops him from killing the Joker. Yeah. No, that, cool. that 100% has to be in. I yeah. think you can just kind of combine it to just be Joker. Pro- you probably could, yeah. Mm-hmm. Man, I just really, I really, really hope this isn't set in the new Fifty Two verse with but it's Jason. It's going to be. They, they, this, this needs Kevin Conroy. This needs Mark Hamill. Yeah, like well, Mark Hamill usually comes back. Sometimes, mm-hmm. I mean, to be fair, John DiMaggio did a really good job in um, Under the Red Hood. That's but very he's, true. He still sounds a bit like Bender. It doesn't want to work for me. But th- this needs it needs a, at a minimum it needs Kevin Conroy. Mm-hmm. It needs him. Yeah. Because this is such a like a more experienced Batman. Yeah. So this is this is my my stance on this is. Yeah, I, DC, I'm very. Hopefully you're listening after all the pleas we've given you. But if there's one that really sticks out, just make it be Kevin Conroy. Yeah. Just do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it makes me very timid for the movie. Yeah. Yeah. So, what, what have What have you been watching, um, reading, listening? I'm about halfway through the first book in the Thrawn trilogy, the Star mm-hmm. Wars Thrawn trilogy, so Heir to the Empire, which I'm actually I should know what year it came out but i want to say it came out in the 80s maybe okay maybe mid to late 80s early 90s but what's interesting so I mean, it's it's set like five years after the fall of the empire and leia's pregnant and thrawn emerges as this person who's going to try and rebuild the empire but what's one of the most interesting things about it is reading something set in the star wars universe before the prequels okay because it reminds you how much new stuff they introduce in the prequels. So, like, in the book, they just keep referring to Dark Jedi. They never use the term Sith. Oh, that's right. I forgot that word didn't exist. Yeah, and then the Dark Jedi that they're dealing with in the book, this is revealed pretty early on, so I'm not going to call it a spoiler, is a clone. The actual Jedi died during the Clone Wars. Possibly had... You you brought this up to me before. Yeah, yes, I mentioned yes. to you off-air, but yeah, so... Um, and I think he might have been dark at the time, and it like, ties in Doug about whatever... But, you know, they make reference to a Jedi getting cloned, which implies that the Clone Wars was all about different, like, people getting cloned and, like, more about ethics around cloning and what happens when this clone technology can go crazy, not just having an army of clones fighting an army of robots. And that, that other version sounds way, way, way more interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's really good. I'm, I'm liking it a lot. Good. Yeah, so that's something that I've been, I've been reading. And then do we want to talk about Mission 6? This episode's run long. We may want to save yeah, it for next save week. Yeah, save it for later. Okay, yeah. But we both saw Mission 6, and I, I really loved it. That's fine. Yeah. Um, I think that's it. Yeah, that's everything. I think that'll do it. That's so much for thinking this is going to be a shorter episode. <laughs> I know. It never happens. It never happens. Uh, but if you do want to write to us and tell us what crazy random Batman scarecrow father abuse thing what Cam- is that Cameron story? was thinking of, God damn it, it's gonna drive me nuts. Yeah, if you can figure it out, uh, write to us. Was it the Batman? I feel like that's just no, always my scapegoat. Scarecrow's not in the Batman. Okay, he was tied up. Well, illegal. damn it. Yeah, they they kept him out of that show because of the the movies. Oh, that's right. Um, but yeah, you can reach us at Tim Talk Pod on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Gmail. Uh, I would say that Instagram is the best way to reach us because it's the thing we check the most. And then for longer questions, obviously, yes. uh, Gmail is a good way to go. If you want to find me, I am at Lordifer on Instagram and Twitter, but frankly, just Instagram. Uh, and then my other podcast, Gate Forward, is at Gate Forward Pod on Instagram and Facebook. <laughs> I have different things for different things. It's just gay forward. You'll find it. You'll find it linked on my personal Instagram stuff. The artwork is a, is a beautiful rainbow. It is with an arrow with an arrow made by a great, great artist. Yeah. Okay. Artist. Pretty good artist. 
But that same artist has his own Instagram channel, Cameron. I do. What is uh, it? If you want to see my art, I'm hopefully going to have a new thing up this Wednesday. If it gets done. <laughs> uh, there's an art challenge going on that I'm trying to finish something for. Uh, you can find that at Cameron.Dexter if you want to see my face. Uh, you can find that at CamDexter underscore adventures. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. We're back next week with more Batman Beyond. Yeah. Woo! Maybe some Teen Titans. Oh, yeah. We got to get that. We got to record that. We'll figure it oh, out. Oh, damn it. I told you you could re- do your Teen Titans rant. We, that's all right. We got tan- we'll save it. We'll save it. Too many tangents. That's going to be on. That's going to be a long talk. We'll, we'll save a lot of time for that. Yeah. All right. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, guys. Uh, bye.